Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Coast to Coast Combat Hour, brought to you by AllAccessMMA.com. I'm your host, Matthew Hawkins, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ed Carbajal. Ed, uh, looks like you uh, just got off uh, the Tour de France over there, uh, <laughs> getting a little bike working. Well, I have to with the rising cost of gasolina and, uh, you know, my high cholesterol probably will help bring that down, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm uh I rode my bike for the first time since 2014, 2015 today. We got a little over 3 miles in, so that's why I look I look like like you said and my hair is all out of place and that it shouldn't even I got to cut it anyway. Go back to my buzz cut soon. You're you're like a you're like a natural Lance Armstrong. Yeah. No uh, no 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 PED is there, huh? Yeah. <laughs> one, uh, one up one ball and zero PEDs. <laughs> So. so you're ahead of the game, <laughs> yeah. just just not a seven-time champion or whatever, yeah. well, what it was. But anyways, uh, while we're talking about uh, one sports cheat, um, <laughs> well, 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 not a sports cheat, uh, we've kind of avoided talking about him, and I don't want to get too deep into this, uh, but I need to ask, you did see Conor McGregor's latest tweet uh, about uh, Khabib's dad, didn't you? I, I saw the shots of it. I, I'm so over these uh, news you know, Conor McGregor takes his shit and 20, 20 websites write about it. I, I saw it. I don't, I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, it, it's almost sad to see him. Now he's trying so hard to be a bad boy. It's it's like, it's like, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just older, older, you know, an older, like an old comedian losing his allure or something. He, he's trying too hard. Yeah. He's trying too hard to be a bad guy. So, yeah. So, um, for anybody that's listening, it got deleted, but he basically, uh, kind of mocked um, Habib's dad dying again mm-hmm. uh, from COVID and, and used it, uh, you know, kind of as a, a saying. Poirier said good always beats evil, and uh, he basically insinuated that COVID's good and uh, <coughs> and uh, Habib's dad is evil, and that's why he was killed. So I just I just don't know. I, we don't talk about it a lot. We didn't talk a lot about it. I just it, – it's I find it – I'm finding it to be a little bit disgusting and um, – I just wonder where this is going to go for Conor McGregor and the UFC. I'll be interesting to see how how this plays, and uh, it'll you know it'll, it's going to be kind of you know for me it'll be entertaining to at least watch the backfire because eventually this is going to happen. I mean, we're just we're we're a, we're a tweet away from him putting a couple words in a tweet that gets him banned from the sport for life, mm-hmm. and I don't think <laughs> I don't think that that's far from uh, far from happening. So um, I just it's sad for a guy that basically uh, seems to have kind of hit his peak at about 27 years old and uh as and then you know got a lot of money but uh man i you know i i shouldn't say i wouldn't trade places with him the guy's rich as hell and got a lot going for him but yeah but yeah, holy no. shit man i mean you you start talking about a a low class low uh you know it's you can be a good fighter but you yeah. also uh you shouldn't be but a it, it's also yet. it's also just to the point that's why i'm like i'm not trying not to say much i don't want to stay on this because yeah it's, it, it's obviously and the more we give attention to it the more he'll keep doing it it's time it's time to let that float away so yep no fair enough and, and we'll end it on that uh so uh before we jump ahead to the the mega bellator event this week uh we did have a couple events uh that we talked about uh last week uh that 
obviously took place. Uh, mm-hmm. Started off Friday night, had a, uh, the BKFC 19 event. Uh, I know you weren't able to catch a ton of the action, but Rachel Ostovich picked up a uh, decision win over Paige Van Zant. Fairly close fight, uh, basically three rounds to or, uh yeah, three rounds to two uh, for Ostovich, uh, I believe, on almost all the cards. One might have had it four to one. Uh, but, um, you know, Paige did better than her first fight, but uh, she's just not uh, she's not made for BKFC. It's not her thing. She doesn't have the fighting style. She doesn't have the punching power. And she's simply just not aggressive enough uh, yeah. to make it happen. So Yeah, too bad. I mean, you know, it is what it is. And I know there's other things that happened there that were kind of embarrassing for combat sports, but... You know, BKFC some for some reason seems to keep uh, keep keep moving forward. So I mean, it's it's I guess it's yeah. The taboo. I, I, I'm assuming that we're going to be done with that that other YouTube stuff and TikTok shit. But you know, uh, it's that's it happens in all sports. We have circus acts everywhere. I just uh, but but as far as the actual BKFC action, it was actually a really pretty entertaining card. Uh, the females came to fight Britton Hart, uh, who actually just got married to. Uh, <laughs> to the heavyweight champ Joe Beltron uh, also picked up a win, so uh, some good. Some Arnold Allen, or uh, I'm sorry, Arnold Adams, the uh, the original uh, inaugural heavyweight champion, also picked up another win, his second in a row since returning back to BKFC. So mm-hmm. he seems to be lining up for a uh, a showdown with Joey Beltron. And um, you know, the other thing that kind of came out of that was that uh, their BKFC twenty. 20- two now will be held in uh, Arizona. So mm. when we talked to Chris Lytle, he said that they were in talks with Arizona and uh, it looks like Chandler, Arizona on October 22nd. So that was kind of the news that came out of there. Um, other than that, just a normal night of take away the TikTok BS and uh, standard night of blood violence and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and solid BKFC action. So mm-hmm. uh, is what it is there. UFC followed up on uh, Saturday night. Yep. Um, and uh, turned out to be a pretty damn good card. Uh, as good as predicted, yeah, it was fun. I uh, top to bottom. Oddly enough, the pacing wasn't horrible. Maybe it was because an earlier card at four p.m. Eastern time, which is usually, you know, welcome for folks on my coast. I don't. I mean, even if you're busy, I recorded them and watched them at my leisure. But great stuff. Um, I know people made a lot of like. So I did a. Uh, for folks that don't know, I do a, a Sunday v- a vlog for MMAnews.com, and I was I did some you know I guess they didn't like the I, I used the embedded video on the website to do a breakdown and it, it got pulled, so uh, it's on my Periscope still though. Um, <clears throat> but one of the things about that came out of it was the odd judging for the, the the fights that were split decision: Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick. I'm trying to think. Uh, it was a uh, Paiva and and Kyler Phillips might have been the other one, and obviously the main event with a. Uh, TJ Dillashaw and Corey Sanhagen. So the thing that I I'm, I just want to repeat it here because you know again it got pulled from MMAnews.com, um, so I can't do that there anymore. I mean I'll do the vlog, but I just can't use the footage anymore. But um, the uh, and Matt, I know you you know about this because we've seen it enough times. When you move backwards in a in a fight with judges, especially if they're like commission judges that have done mostly boxing and not that much MMA. I mean, and, and I don't know the experience of the three judges. I know Sal D'Amato, Chris Lee were the, were the two names that, that just pop off the top of my head that were uh, attached to a lot of the decisions that folks didn't agree with. But um, if you watch the Miranda Maverick-Macy Barber fight, um, people talk about how, how uh, uh, 
you know, uh, Barbara was moving backwards, but she was countering a lot, but she was still moving backwards. So, mo you know, to the untrained eye, you know, as far as what's written for judges or how the, the criteria moving backwards shows, I mean, like that Maverick was controlling and being more putting on pressure, aggression, whatever. And then uh, Barbara started doing it in the third round. So which is kind of why the, the, the fight went her way. That one I understand. But then you kind of saw the same thing with uh, Corey Sanhagen, who, who's, I mean, at the end of the fight, if you looked at their faces, you would be like, well, Corey Sanhagen won this fight because TJ Dillashaw, you know, looked like he, you know, fell through, you know, somebody's window or something. <clears throat> but um, he, um, even Daniel Cormier said when he went for the leg lock that that seemed to uh, bother TJ Dillashaw's knee throughout the rest of the fight. Um, you know, when you fall back and, and fall, you know, fighting off of your back because the guys on top of you is still able to hit you which, which tj dillashaw did you know you're still you're you're not in the dominant position the guy on top is again to the untrained eye he was in a dillashaw was in a really bad uh leg lock a heel hook again it bothered him i think he needs surgery or something i read earlier today um and i don't know if it's because of that but uh you know that he had trouble getting off of his stool he was complaining about his knee so it was a legit technique, but Corey Sanhagen still got hit applying it. And then uh, doing a, being a counterpuncher, using his reach, but being a counterpuncher and staying out of TJ Dillashaw's, you know, coming at him also worked against him. So to the untrained eye, if you're not really counting significant strikes and you're looking at the aggression and control, then you're going to score for Dillashaw. So that that's the only reason, like, I'm, I said that, like, what I, what I, the takeaway from it is, you know, it depends on who's watching. Um, it's it's not something that's going to get fixed anytime soon. I know people are talking about open scoring and this, that, and the other. My, you know, we had Sean Wheelock on here and talked about open scoring. I don't know if that's going to be something that fixes uh, bad judging. I think it's just going to – we just have to filter the bad judges out over time, and it's going to take a long time before that happens. Yeah, I mean – in in all that we've seen through the history of this sport, like I didn't feel like there was any kind of highway robberies on this event. I uh, I thought I I initially uh, I've only watched them once, but I did have Dillashaw and I did have Macy Barber winning when I was watching. Um, I understand the Barber fight. Third round was hers. First round she lost clearly. Second round was fairly close. Mm -hmm. When you look at the stats, it does look like Barber lost the fight. I just felt like she was taking over momentum in the second round that she eventually carried into the third. I'd mm -hmm. have to rewatch. Maybe I'm wrong. Dillashaw fight, kind of the same thing. We, you know, I, I'd love to argue that the cuts mean you lost the fight. And I know you're not saying that, but that's kind of what a lot of people fall back on and we've seen yeah. that ever, we've seen that ever since the bj pin yeah uh, i always get the bj pin george st pierre first fight where pin busted up st pierre's nose he had a broken nose blood everywhere and then you know st pierre wins you know three rounds to none or, or 29 mm -hmm. uh, 28 so and 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 everybody oh well look you know if, if that's a street fight then we know who won and all that stuff i i, I don't know i thought it was close i i i have a hard time giving the fight <laughs> to sandhagen and uh, not that this has anything to do with the scoring criteria, but he just gave up his back too much. Mm -hmm. he, he got late. He, there was time. You just can't be. He was a little too lackadaisical, and mm -hmm. and you can't. And I think uh, even Cormier or somebody else kind of said that. Like you can't give up that position. No. Even like it doesn't look good. Even if the dude just has your back and is holding around your waist, like it doesn't look good. And we've seen guys win decisions without throwing a damn punch. Mm -hmm. And but but just kind of controlling and yeah, you know. I mean, uh, you know, I want to think of like kind of like uh, Randy Couture versus uh, Brandon Vera kind of jumps to my mind, I think, where Couture kind of just held him up against the cage and, and kind of just did some stuff. And, and Vera, 
you know, kicked him to the body and kind of beat him up, but you win round by round. So I, I, I don't know. I didn't see any high rate robberies. My greatest takeaway with this is how good TJ Dillashaw really looked for coming back in the first time in three, in three years had he even lost the fight. I, I don't think um, his stock would have dropped uh, for at least from the UFC's point of view, obviously fans uh, like to hold grudges against guys who, you know, let's be honest. The average fan thinks that, you know, Dillashaw is the only one using steroids and, probably half that card was on PEDs on Saturday. So, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just the reality. I think, uh, uh, Kaposa said it best on Twitter. Somebody said, uh, you know, something about, Oh, you, you know, remember when TJ was on drugs and yada, yada. And he said, yeah, I remember yesterday when, when everybody was too. So, um, you know, it, we, it's, it's kind of the, the big elephant in the room when it comes to, to combat sports that, uh, that nobody really wants to discuss. They just want to no, try, and all sports, try to band-aid I mean, it. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah, all sports. And, yeah. and, and you know, you, the Lance Armstrong look uh, really really is kind of the, the, the you know, the definition of that. An all-American yeah. dude who everybody thought was straight and narrow and then turns out is a major scumbag. So, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, not that, that that's not Dillashaw. That's getting back to Conor McGregor again. But, um, yeah. <laughs> but, but anyways, I thought the fights were good. I enjoyed the main event. Uh, Darren Elkins what can you say? The man's a friggin' the man's a treasure for the sport of MMA. I mean, uh, not somebody who's going to win a world title, not somebody who's probably ever even going to get a main event. But, uh, if I have to fork down somebody to walk into arena, I, I mm-hmm. hope he's on the card when I show up. Um, but yeah, I mean, I thought from top to bottom, pretty solid. And, um, you know, this upcoming week's kind of a, a week card. I think the, I think the UFC is kind of playing it smart with the, uh, well, with the, the Bellator. Card, that card is falling apart. So I, I mean, it's a good way to segue into the Bellator card that we're going to look at because I mean, the card was been falling apart the last two days from, uh, uh, uh Nolan King has been on the podcast and multiple outlets talking about fights, dropping left and, and right fighters that are supposed to be there that aren't because of visa issues. So, I mean, with, you know, people are wondering if they're going to go head to head on Saturday night, I think the one to watch is going to be Bellator 263, which you're going to be at. And uh, let's bring up the card. We might as well, since we're we're talking about it. Um, I mean, the first time at the forum, they're leaving their fights, the fights fear in the Mohegan Sun. Um, it's your first time at the forum in a long time, right? I mean, it's it's a it's a big deal, isn't it, for the West Coast? Yeah, and I never thought I'd say this, but I kind of think they jumped the gun. Um, mm. I uh, I think they trusted the state of California a little too much, and uh, I, I think it may end up backfiring. Uh, it appears now, uh, while it necessarily won't uh, affect my entrance into the arena, mm-hmm. it does seem like it does seem like that uh, they will ask for vaccination proof and or a seventy two hour test. Meaning, uh, if you're showing up at Bellator at th- four o'clock so, on on Saturday, you need to be tested tomorrow um, tomorrow by four o'clock and you said that you saw this through Ticketmaster, right Ticketmaster has a warning now when you go to yeah. buy the tickets that they'll follow california guidelines uh will require you to be vaccinated or show proof of a test within the last 72 hours of that's negative yeah so uh considering the fights in inglewood considering uh fight fans aren't necessarily the ones that ran out to get vaccinated uh fighters younger people that tend to go to these events i would suspect there's going to be chaos and mm. uh uh who knows what at the door when they start telling people who have hundred and some dollar tickets that they're not allowed into the arena mm. uh or they're not going to do anything and it's just going to be a free-for-all and we're going to walk in and it's gonna be like florida you know so we'll uh <laughs> we'll see but um i don't know i already have one person who seems to be backing out and 
and decided basically just to eat his ticket just to not have to deal with the uh, oh wow the BS that's going on there. So, oh. um, well, I mean, the fights are <laughs> that are scheduled look like they they should be fun for those that get to see them. This is the prelims that we have up, but um, um, this prelims are all right. That's a good one right there. Yeah, that's uh, a, that's the like the top prelim mm-hmm. before they head into the main card. Uh, let's go into the. We've been waiting for this since the week of the pandemic. I mean, I was in the, you know, they, they were talking about the, the, this Grand Prix in New York the week that the pandemic was officially announced. Um, this fight's a long time coming. I think this is probably the best featherweight matchup we're going to see this quarter. Um, I mean, it, it's it's literally one of the best uh, champ champs. I mean, this is for, for the featherweight marbles, but. You know, AJ McKean, Patricio, you know, you have the champion in Patricio Pipple, who's been pretty dominant in both weight classes, and McKee, who's a second generation mixed martial artist and undefeated, who who is just look it just seems like he's destined to be a champion. Yeah, not to not to take much away from Volkanovsky, but in my mind the winner of this fight's the number one featherweight in the entire mm-hmm. world. Just based off of uh who they fought. Uh, and and how this happened, you know, this was a Grand Prix of uh, sixteen of the best featherweights, uh, not only in Bellator but yeah. you know a who's who of featherweights in the world. And uh, for these two to basically be the two favorites to end up in the finals, uh, really makes for a, a storybook ending. Uh, man, it's a great fight. I don't know if you want to do our predictions for that one or work our way back up to it, but uh, I. I, I uh... I actually, I just want to watch this one. I don't have a pick. <laughs> Seriously, I, I, they're, they're, it, it, this is one that can really go either way. Um, and then this co-main event here is one that's uh, that's probably going to be a sleeper. Yeah, any fight with Emmanuel Sanchez is going to be a, a, a moneymaker. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got and a this one. I, I don't mind doing a pick for. It's just the main event I want to stay away. From. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I'll give uh, when we wrap up here. I'll give my opinion on the main event. Uh, but anyways, yeah. So yeah, Emmanuel Sanchez just all around beast mode. Uh, one of the top five featherweights in all Bellator. Mads Burnell on a uh, on a huge run himself, coming off of a big submission win over Sal Rogers. Um, you know, is this going to be kind of a, uh, I mean, I'd have to, I don't sure what, uh, let's see, how old is, I want to say is this kind of a passing of the torch, but I don't think Sanchez is that old. It seems like he's been around a long time. Uh, he's only 30. Um, I, I think, I think Sanchez figures out a way to get the win. Uh, I think yeah, he wins a decision. Um, I think he's going to use his uh, ring generalship. <laughs> and um, and his uh, and his experience at the upper level of Bellator uh, to maybe squeak one out here. Um, so that's that's where I'm I'm going uh, I'm going with that. But uh, I think it's fireworks written all over it. I, I think if this one if this one's fireworks, you're going to have a huge rating for that main event to follow it. Yeah, no, we're on the same page there. I think Emmanuel Sanchez pulls it off, but it's going to be it ain't going to be easy. It's going to be fun though. It's going to be fun to watch. And then we have uh, Usman Nurmagomedov versus Manny Muro. I mean, uh, I believe this is this man is related to uh, Khabib in some way, or am I just uh, is it because I, of Magomed uh, Magomed uh, syndrome? Yeah, this is a card for a lot of Ovs <laughs> on this card. Yeah. But, uh, um, I, I think he's like a cousin or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, he's fighting uh, Manny Muro coming off a win over Devin Powell decision and a split decision over Nick Newell. 
Um, I think Nurmagomedov moves to 13 and 0, stays undefeated. Mm. Uh, Murrow is 12 and 6, so obviously he's had some ups and downs despite being on a three fight win streak. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I think this event's going to be a little bit of a showcase for the uh, Medovs and the Islams and the Megomed Shapirovs. I mean, they've of the world. been showcasing themselves for a while already, so I, I, I mean. You know, yeah, but I, I if, if I, anything, I, it puts a stamp on them. <laughs> exactly, and I think that that you start, you're going to start. You know, uh, I said it with Team Fedor. I think the Russian influence is is a is just you can only bring so many in before they just kind of take over. There's so many of them. There's so many good fighters. They're going to take over the divisions. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, I'm more impressed with the Mergamedovs being you know 42 and 41 and 0 combined yeah. at, at this point. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't I don't know if any of these guys ever will lose, but uh, we will see. Uh, the next fight, uh, Brett Primus. Uh, former lightweight champion, uh, original gets, calf kicker, <laughs> original calf. Yeah, he's the one who started the dead leg <laughs> yeah, calf yeah. kick, huh? Yeah. Uh, I didn't really think about that, but yeah, his his went over Chandler at the Garden uh, at Bellator. One eighty uh, set the standard for that. Uh, he fights Imla, Islam Mamedov. Um, I don't know a ton about him but he is 19 one and one and he's got the right kind of last name. <laughs> I, I, uh, I saw premise comment uh, that he's yeah, kind that, of he's he disappointed. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't like Bellator. I mean, I, I kind of cry me a river on that. If uh, mm-hmm. you fight who you fight and obviously he wants to fight higher ranked guys, but the bottom line is if, uh, if uh, Mamedov gets a win over premise here, he's going to probably jump automatically to the top five of that division. Yeah. Um, and, and then he'll be a name and, and people will be trying to call him out. So, um, I, you know, it's hard for me to pit, pick, a, you know, okay. With all that said, Hey, now I'm going to throw a monkey wrench in the whole thing. And I'm going to say premise has only lost to, to Michael Chandler. I let's say he figures out a way to win this fight. I don't know how I think it's going to be a, a, an interesting fight. Uh, Cause premise kind of is despite only having one loss, I feel like he's kind of tilting in that range of, you mm-hmm. know, does Bellator keep you around you know, uh, it, I mean, they, they have so, a of, got a lot of people go lately. So that's yeah. what I mean. Like your record is, it's kind of more where you stand in the division and, and where you, what you can do for me now, as opposed to anything, you know, what you did for me in the past. So um, I, I let, let's go with, I'm going to go with premise by a, uh, I'm going to go out on a big limb here. I'm going to say he gets a second round TKO win uh, and, uh, and, and stays with Bellator and moves up the rankings and, and works his way back towards another title uh, fight in the future. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we can be. We, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we're, you know, surprised by, by Mamedov, uh, be just because there's not a lot known about him. I mean, that sometimes happens in this sport, but, um, you know, I'm more familiar with Primus, so I, I can't not pick against him. That brings us to the opening bout of the card: Goiti Yamauchi versus Chris Gonzalez. Gonzalez six and zero. Yamauchi, the longtime Bellator fighter, twenty five and five. Again, man, I mean, the thing about this main card is you're really looking at like four, you know, five toss up fights. Every, yeah. everything, I mean, there's some solid matchmaking on this card. Um, I'm going to go with Yamauchi. Um, I think he he's got submission. a mission. <laughs> uh, yeah, pro- possibly. Yeah. I feel like That's... he has a, I think, I think he does have a lot of ways to win, though. I think he's one of the few fighters that kind of can win in almost every aspect of the mm. game. Um, 
Gonzalez obviously is undefeated, so that carries weight uh, mentally uh, for a fighter, I believe, when they when they come into this. But yeah. um, again, it's hard to go up. You know, when you got a guy who's got thirty fights against a guy with six, uh, without looking at their amateur records and all that stuff, I it it's hard to go with the the six and zero fighter. So yeah. I'm gonna go with Yamauchi. Um, I'm gonna go with the decision. Uh, although uh, I'd love to see some kind of flying triangle or something. Yeah, like that. We'll no, I. Uh... I think uh, I think he pulls it off, but again, but for me by submission. I, I know you said you wanted to, to do your uh, pick for this one. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I see uh, Spark Yuri uh, chiming in with AJ McKee. He picked AJ McKee. Uh, I know personally uh, from the uh, from the get go uh, before mm-hmm. the tournament was announced, he picked him to win. Um, I think we're going to end up with a firefight here, and. I think that we've in the past <coughs> we have seen Pitbull is able to be hit. Um, Weichel got in on him a little bit, uh, had him hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emmanuel Sanchez uh, had him hurt in their first fight. Uh, I know that's two great fighters again that he's fighting, but um, I part of me wants Patricio to win because I feel like it elevates him, and all of a sudden we have another guy that we can kind of write down in the history books as one of the all time greats um, right now. But I. I, I kind of lean towards uh yuri thompson's opinion and, and I, I think i'm gonna go aj mckee by like uh mm. by second third round finish uh i think we end up in a firefight i think he catches pitbull hurts him and mm. uh, i that's just i think that's what's gonna happen um again i, I would it could go totally opposite and McKee could not or pitbull could knock him out but i, I think this is gonna be a violent war mm. i don't think there's gonna be a lot of uh, feeling out and i think uh i i think someone's going down and, and i'm just gonna go with the younger more uh I don't want to say more aggressive, but uh, I, I think this might be AJ McKee's time. I think it's going to set up a great rematch and potentially yeah, I a mean, trilogy. I don't, uh, I don't disagree with that. I mean, I, uh, I do think it's AJ McKee's time. I do, I, you know, it's definitely a time where we're seeing the younger guys come up and and the uh, more veteran fighters kind of get, uh, you know, have to take a step away. I don't want to say job for them because there's no jobbing really in MMA, you know, as, as it should, you know, there shouldn't be, but it's not pro wrestling, but mm-hmm. I do think, um, I do think uh, there's something to be said about these guys like him that are young, second generation MMA fighter that just knows that, that he, this is what he wants to do. And now with the growth of the sport and the evolution of not only the, the sport, but the fighters um, he's like the, the perfect example of uh what we can expect from the future of, of, of the years to come in mixed martial arts. And um, it would definitely make for, for a, a really nice, a really nice story for Bellator's catalog of younger fighters. You know, they get, they get a lot of flack for, for picking up, you know, older guys and having them sign with them and blah, blah, blah. But AJ McKee was a young fighter that, that just like kind of Aaron Pico, you know, a young no one pays enough attention to these younger guys that they sign and, and, and mold and build up and market. And here we are with, with probably the, the most anticipated fight of uh, the summer for, for this weight class in MMA, like you said. And, you know, um, if he wins, that's just going to put this stamp on. Uh, that's the argument that I think a lot of people will start to say when you, when you start calling Bellator the retirement home. It's like, no, they're not. Look at AJ McKee, you know? Yeah, I mean, look at this whole card in general. Yeah. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a former UFC fighter on the entire card. No, um, it's, and it's, it's on a Saturday night, which is amazing too. Yeah, and it's ma- it's mainly all homegrown talent on yeah. this card. I mean, uh, 
like I said, we mentioned Yamauchi and some of these guys in Primus and these guys. These guys mm-hmm. have spent ninety nine percent of their career fighting in Bellator. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it's good. Like you said, uh, Georgie Kanaharian on the, uh, on the prelims, He's a Bellator uh, vet and... yeah, he didn't fight in UFC. He's fought a bunch of other places. Johnny Cisneros has fought in Bellator a bunch of times in their, uh, on their local shows. Yeah. So it should uh, be fun. Should be fun. Yeah. No, I look forward to that. And then I follow that up with cage warriors on, uh, Sunday. Sunday. Um, we'll see how that goes. Uh, I was hoping it's for their, more. It's Europe their first out. Yeah, no, but, you're right. I mean, with with COVID and all the travel restrictions, it, it makes sense. But at least they're expanding and trying to do something here. Yeah. And I think it's nice that to bring some a new brand of MMA. I know, I know, uh, our boy Eric McCracken, who uh, for some reason has yet to be on this podcast, but uh, he goes on other people's podcasts. But he recently put out Colorado's has approved a one championships uh, uh, rule set for for combat sports, which which you know leads us to believe with all the news they've been talking about trying to come stateside to the U.S. So, I mean, the sports growth just means we're going to get more of it, and I don't mind that at all. And Cage Warriors, I'm looking forward to it. I always like Cage Warriors. I believe Mr. Palmer, who, who I've interviewed a couple times, fellow Jersey resident from the U.K. originally, uh, might be calling those fights live. So it should be a good time for you. Yeah, they've got a bunch of UFC guests, uh, Carlos Barza, Jens Pulver, uh, Jeremy Stevens, a uh, few others, uh, Jessica Pane. I think a handful of them are all going to be there, uh, kind of representing the the sport. And um, I look forward to the production. I've got a good seat. Uh, seats were reasonable. It's only a couple hundred people uh, for an outdoor venue uh, on the bay in San Diego. So mm. it can't be all that bad. It's going to be a it'll be a great venue. And uh, curious to see the production more than anything. Like I said, not a lot of European fighters on the card. Pretty much all American born uh, fighters, which was a tad disappointing. But like you mentioned with COVID, uh, I think that that's just kind of uh, while that maybe it wasn't what they planned. That's just what they yeah. uh, what what options are available to them. So so that is what that is. Um, a couple other new uh, notes uh, that came out today. A couple more rematches planned for later this year in, in, in Bellator and the UFC Bellator uh, announced that Bellator London uh, will be headlined by the re oh, yeah. uh, by the rematch of MVP uh, versus Douglas Lima. Uh, obviously not a uh, title fight for Lima, uh, you know, as he's coming off his loss to Amosov, but um, I think a fight that probably was due to happen. And, and um, I'm glad to see uh MVP taking on another higher level competition. It's just crazy that it has to be Lima again. Uh no, but it, I mean, uh, uh, he's been asking for it, and you know, with Lima, mm-hmm. you know, it makes losing, sense. The it's, timing's it's, right. Yeah, it's perfect, perfect. Especially going yeah. over there. To, I mean, uh, that's that's not bad at all. Right up there, it's right up there, alley. I mean, again, with the travelers, I, I only hope we can get better and not worse. You know, uh, it, the the news is so scary right now with with trying to plan ahead for things. It's almost like you, you know, I'm almost like like uh, yeah. <laughs> to to leave MMA for a little bit, you know, AEW is coming out here to New York and Queens, and uh, me and my buddy were trying to make Jeff, who you know, uh, we're trying to plan to go to that, <laughs> and uh, you know, we were like, maybe, you know, we're we're actually concerned, and that that just takes me to the UFC's announcement with uh, Usman and and Covington. Uh, I guess that's the main event for 268 at the Garden that they're going to do for November, which is their usual time that they come to the garden but um i don't know man i i just feel like like you said like you're you're the way you are with cali right now that's how i feel with them trying to do all that in out here on the east coast so. yeah i i think it's it's a dangerous game um 
even Vegas for September could become dicey. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot going on right now, and, yeah. and uh, there's certain states where you can obviously do more. We've learned that with Florida and Arizona and uh, mm-hmm. and Texas during this, this pandemic. But uh, uh, you know, without it being political, the, yeah. the governments in uh, keep of, the governments of California and New York are, mm-hmm. are tend to change their uh, change their minds with how the wind blows or how the snow blows or <laughs> what the humidity level is yeah. and stuff like that. So, so you don't know. Um, I, like you said, I'm attending two events this weekend and I still mm. have no idea uh, what I need to bring, what I need to prove, what I need to wear. Uh, all I would anything. tell you is carry a mask and take pictures of your Vax card. If you got it. Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, but, uh, and that's, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, but <laughs> um, it's just, uh, it's going to be interesting. But um, with all that said, uh, yeah, so Colby Usman, I like the fight. I like the rematch. I was at the first fight. Great first fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, the buildup will be fun. Uh, I also was seeing it look like Gilbert Burns versus Leon Edwards uh, was going to be the co-main event. Um, at least that's what I saw, unless that was a fake story. So uh, another good fight. And, and you get top four guys. Uh, I wish they could work a way to get Diaz versus somebody else on that card and just kind of make I mean, it a, a walk-away showcase. If you think it's funny that they're losing cards for this weekend's event, you know, so many fights week of. I mean, imagine in New York with the way with the history that they have of, you know, everything related to MMA canceling fights for uh stuffy for, noses and, and yeah dried lips and breast dried lips. There so. you go. <laughs> yep yep so. yep so but anyways uh yeah so uh, I mean good fights to look forward to I like that they're announcing them it seems uh I don't know if I'd be announcing fights for November right now it seems a little no it's a little it's far a, far in advance yeah. to uh and and whether the state shuts them down or it just gets canceled there's uh it's 50 50 just yeah just for the basic fight cancellation. So yeah. we'll see, but uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, you know, it's right around my birthday weekend again, normally the time I try to come out there, but uh, with all this, not, you know, confusion going on, I don't see any way that I, I make the journey out to uh, the East coast. No, it's not worth it this time. Yeah. <laughs> it's mean, too much, too much. It can change yeah, too much. It can go yeah. down uh, stuff like that. So anyways, I think that pretty much wraps this up. We'll have a, uh, a recap of the events uh, this weekend. Excuse me, and um, and uh, hopefully have a uh, returning guest next week. That's uh, one of our OGs. So mm-hmm. uh, fingers crossed on that. But it looks uh, it looks good right now. Uh, fans again can always check us out at allaccessmma.com for our video podcast. Check our audio podcast out on anywhere uh, podcasts or audio podcasts are available. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Combat Hour, Coast to Coast Combat Hour on Instagram. Follow me, Matthew Hawkins, at MMAHawk21 on Twitter and Instagram. Follow Edit Carbazal on Twitter, Carbeerzal on Instagram, and Old Head Carb on Twitch. Ed, enjoy the rest of the week. Uh, get some <laughs> miles done on that bike, and uh, look forward to telling you about the uh, the fight experience for the week. Weekend. Yep, I'll, I'll be watching over here from the East Coast, but you have fun and, and stay safe out there, mister. Peace, everybody. Peace. Hey guys, Ed here, East Coast side of the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast. If you like what we're doing, make sure you subscribe on YouTube and anywhere you listen to podcasts. Also, if you'd like to help us out and donate, uh, the support links are in any of the uh, podcast descriptions and some the links are also provided on our YouTube channel, The Blogboard Jungle. Um, thanks again for listening. 
And if you give us some support, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. Maybe uh, bring you on for a UFC pay-per-view breakdown or two. Thanks again.